Good morning. Welcome back to winter. You thought it was over. No, no. It's spring in Illinois. So let's try to remember back to maybe warmer times in your memory. Did you ever play as a kid freeze tag? <laughs> or maybe, you know, you've played it with your kids or your grandkids. You know, someone is it, and everybody else has to go and hide. And then if the person who is it finds you, you run away. But if they tag you, you freeze. Whatever you're doing, you have to freeze in place, right? You're stuck. And the thought crossed my mind this week that, you know, maybe that's where some of us feel like we are in life or in a relationship or even in our walk with Jesus Christ, stuck, frozen, unmoving. Uh, maybe it was um, pain that tagged you along the way. You know, maybe it was a, a disease or an illness or, or an injury or something, and it tagged you, and you're in the same spot you were on the, since the day it tagged you, I guess. Frozen. Or maybe it was uh, some kind of a trauma that tagged you in your life. You know, you didn't ask for this thing, it just reached out and tagged you, and now you're stuck. Or maybe it's a, it's a fear of some kind or a paralysis, a, a fear of being alone that feels like, you know, God is gone, your life may feel overwhelming, fear has you frozen in place. Many followers of Jesus have been tagged frozen through the millennia. In fact, I think we even see some frozen at a key stage in the life of Jesus that we'll look at today. Uh, over the last several weeks, um, Brian mentioned we've tried to lay the life of Jesus over our own lives so that we can adopt gospel-formed lives and have learned, I think, uh, through the life of Jesus, lots of ways that uh, affect our everyday life. You know, in his birth, we were reminded that we need to be, meet people where they are, just as Jesus did for us. And in his ministry, we, we learned about how to do good for people, especially in table fellowship and welcome and love. In his death, we, we talked about how we have some dying to do ourselves. We need to die to our own sins and shame. And then in his burial, we talked about how we learned uh, of a God who we have to completely surrender to. And then last week, we talked on Easter about his resurrection and how we learned that we need to upgrade to a resurrection life every day in him. But then in the life of Jesus... He ascended into heaven. Huh. How, how does that exactly lay over our lives? Acts 1 tells us Jesus uh, gave his mission to his disciples, and then he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. He ascended to heaven, but not us, right? Did, did, he, did he leave us? Maybe those disciples thought that at first in Acts 1. Uh, it goes on to say they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? They were frozen in place, staring up into the sky. They were stuck. Jesus ascended into heaven, but his followers did not. We did not. Or do we? Paul seems to think the ascension of Jesus can be overlaid into our everyday lives. And here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, God raised us up with Christ. 
That's through our belief, through our baptism, we raised up from a watery grave into new life with Jesus. God raised us up with Christ and, listen, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We have ascended to heaven with Jesus as well? Sure doesn't feel like it to me. Feels like winter to me. What does it mean for us to live our lives as ascended people? I want to talk about a few things this morning from the book of Ephesians. And if you've brought a Bible with you or have a Bible app and want to open up there, we'll look at the first couple of chapters. But I think living our lives as ascended people means, first of all, understanding the privilege of being with our ascended Lord. Let me look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, at this privilege Paul starts his letter with. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, think about this. Jesus ascended into the heavenly realms, as it were. He went to sit at the Father's right hand, honored and, and glorified and vindicated as king of all creation. That is where we believe he resides now, in the heavenly realms, in control. In his birth, God entered into humanity, and in his ascension, humanity entered into God's presence. We now have a fully human, as well as fully divine, high priest who is interceding, who is praying for us, who knows of our challenges, he knows of our dilemmas, he knows when we get stuck. And we're right there with him, Paul says, in relationship to him, citizens of heaven. Tom Wright uh, put it this way, he says, when Paul speaks of us as being in Christ, what he means is that as, as in some Jewish thought, the king represents his people so that what happens to the king happens to them. And what is true of the king is true of them as well. So when we trust Jesus, when we, when we are in Jesus, Paul says we experience every spiritual blessing in him. And Paul goes on in Ephesians 1 to list so many. Uh, we church we are chosen, we are loved, we are adopted as, as sons and uh, daughters of, of God, we freely receive His grace, we have redemption of sins, we are forgiven, we are lavished on, we are let in on His will. In fact, the Holy Spirit, God Himself, indwells each of us. As, as Daryl Bach has written, we have received all heaven has to offer in salvation, a blessing rooted in eternity past participated in now and connected with an eternal future that remains for those who share it. See, even as we walk on the earth today, even as we go about our days and go about our schedules and our busyness and all of the things, we are united with Jesus right now in His heavenly throne room through our faith, and we can enjoy these blessings of heaven right here and right now. What a privilege that is. In some ways... I think we're like sleeping dolphins. Have you ever wondered, like, how in the world do dolphins sleep when they, every seven minutes they have to come to the surface of the ocean to breathe? <laughs> for, for a long time, marine biologists, scientists thought they didn't sleep at all, and then they discovered that dolphins actually sleep with half of their brain at a time. One half of their brain is asleep, one half of their brain is fully awake. It's called a unihemispheric sleep, and some of you are doing it right now, I've noticed. <laughs> Fascinating. 
And when one side of the brain is awake, then it's connected to the opposite eye, which remains open, but the side that's asleep is connected to the other eye, which is closed. So again, if you get into the ocean, you see a dolphin winking at you. It's not flirting. It's taking a nap. Even more interesting to me is this, that when they sleep, they swim with other dolphins uh, who are sleeping in tight formation, and they keep their awake eye open towards the other dolphins. Now, I found that kind of surprising. I would have thought they would have had their awake eye towards the surroundings, towards the deep, dark ocean with all the predators and all the rest. But they've come to discover they keep their eye on the the pod of other dolphins because the last thing you want is your awake eye to be focused on all the trouble and all the darkness and all the predators out here and find yourself drifting away from your support. Because if you're out alone, half asleep in the middle of the ocean, you're somebody's lunch. So they focus their awake eye on uh, each other in the pod to stay together. About every two hours or so, they switch the the hemispheres of their brain that are sleeping. And when they do that, of course, the opposite eye opens, and they will actually readjust themselves so they keep their eye trained on the other dolphins. I think for us, you know, half of our brain as believers in Christ is awake to heaven, is awake to the presence of Jesus Christ. He's right here, just just beyond the veil, with us always to the very end of the age. But I know the other half of our brain seems right now to be asleep to heaven and swimming along on the earth, and we're really, really tempted to keep that eye trained on our surroundings, on our enemies, on the troubles all around us, and we freeze. But don't do it, Paul says. He says things like, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You are an ascended person. (laughs) That's tough. It takes focus. Paul also would say, for now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. See, one day, both of our eyes will be open to the heavenly reality. We will see our Savior and be with Him fully, but until then, God is blessing us in the heavenly realms, he says. Do you feel that privilege? Or do you only feel stuck? Are you living with one eye open to your heavenly experience? Or have we gotten kind of drowsy and we have both eyes closed to Jesus in the heavens? I wonder, is all you're thinking about, is all that you have, uh, the water you're swimming in around you, and you, and you complain and you criticize and you demand more and you, you, you fear? That's a fast way to freeze. If so, why don't you repeat this after me, this just a simple phrase in Ephesians 1.3. Just repeat this after me. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Notice how privileged we are. To be with Jesus in the heavens, blessed with His grace and His provision and His forgiveness. But also, notice, the power of being with our ascended Lord. Paul, in Ephesians 1, goes on to say, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and, listen to this, His incomparably great power for us who believe 
That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. When when God rose Jesus from the dead and seated him in the throne of honor over the heavens and all the earth, he elevated his son to be ruler of all that is. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he said, and that took incredible power. Paul seems to even trip over his own words in order to describe it. In verse 19 alone, there are four different Greek terms. He describes power and working and strength and might, and it's like he's piling up these ideas to get across the idea that any way you can imagine or express power, Jesus has it. And because we are in the ascended Jesus, God has given us what Daryl Bach calls superabundant enablement. You need a little bit of that in your life? (laughs) Do you need what Paul calls incomparably great power for us who believes? We don't have to freeze up over failure. We don't have to freeze up over anxiety. We have this incomparably great power available to us right now in Christ. So when you're thinking about, man, I need to talk to my daughter about my faith, but I'm nervous about that, or you think about, I'm going to invite my coworker to work, and you're trying to work up the courage to do that, you know, and that's kind of scary, or, or you, you're, you're a little bit concerned about, I want to give this offering at church, and, and man, it's, it feels kind of risky, I don't know. You don't have to worry. You can relax. You can take a deep breath. In fact, let's do it together right now. Ready? You don't have to do it with your measly power. You have incomparably great power, the same power that elevated Jesus from the grave all the way to the throne of heaven. You don't have to freeze in fear and anxiety. Paul said, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation with thanksgiving, or by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Pray, Martin Luther said, and let God worry. You are with the ascended Jesus. So lean on his power for your problems. Tell him what's going on. And his powerful peace, Paul says, will be with you. I hope that's good news. I think too many times, you know, you and I, we, we find ourselves kind of running and dodging and hiding from all the worries and anxieties we have. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's like freeze tag, right? Here we are again. And all the worries of our life begin to be the one who is it. Fear, fear over politics, fear over inflation, fear over money, fear over safety, you know, being angry at the way things are. All these kinds of things are it, and if they tag us, we freeze in place, we get stuck. What we need is a power great enough to unfreeze us, like freeze tag. You remember the game, you know, if the person who was it tagged you, you had to freeze in place. But if someone else, one of the other teammates came along and they were not frozen, they were not it, they could tag you too, remember? And they'd probably say, unfreeze. And then you were free to jump back into the game. You remember? Here's what I want you to do. This morning, just take a look around the room. Just, just kind of look around at your brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. Just, just take a look. And as you do, 
As you notice these people, let these people who are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, let them tag you with Christ's power. Let the body of Christ unfreeze you with the power of Christ. In fact, if you're sitting next to somebody, just turn to them right now and say, unfreeze, you know? Go ahead. That's important because it's winter outside and it's kind of cold, so maybe some of you are frozen. Um, Third, I want you to notice the purpose of being with our ascended Lord. You you have this power and this privilege of being with Jesus in the heavenly realms, even right now, but notice it serves God's purpose. Ephesians 2, Paul says, God raised us up with Christ, seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that, here's the purpose, in the coming ages, He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God's purpose of creating and enabling this society of pardoned sinners that we call Southside is to show the majesty and beauty of His love and kindness to the future in all its forms. His plan was to lift us up with incomparably great power, Paul just said, in order to demonstrate His incomparable riches of His grace to all of creation. In other words, we uh, have this ascension of Christ laid over, in, over our lives to display His kindness. All of heaven, all the angels and demons, all the rulers and powers and authority, all of earth, all the political leaders and business leaders and, and educational leaders, uh, all of your neighbors and coworkers and friends and family, all of creation are watching as you are in this ascended Jesus even right now, and they're all wondering, what are you doing up there? How did you get up there? What did you have to do? What did you say? How in the world did you get the privilege of speaking to the king of kings? How is that possible? How do you have that kind of peace in your life even in the midst of trouble? How do you have forgiveness and blessing and all of these things? What did you do? What did you say? Who did you pay? And all of us will answer, no one. I've done nothing to deserve this. We will say, as Paul says in Ephesians 2, for it is by grace we have been saved. Through faith. This is not from ourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What everyone will see is that you are with Christ in the heavenly places, blessed with His privileges, with His incredibly great power for the purpose of showing the world and all creation that God is kind. Will his kindness get you unstuck and start moving again? I hope you'll unfreeze and you'll notice uh, the practice of being with our ascended Lord. I mean, what can we do now that God has so lavishly seated us with Jesus in heaven's throne room? I think Paul models this when he says in Ephesians 1, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We practice our ascension with Jesus. We practice being with him in the heavens even right now in some mysterious way through prayer, through having a relationship with God, a two-way conversation with him. Not just knowing about him, but getting to know him. 
following his spirit of wisdom and revelation, Paul says, or as he would say to the Galatians, keeping in step with the Spirit. Because see, one day, church, God will wipe every tear from our eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. One day, no more separation between heaven and earth. Heaven itself will come down and overlap over the earth, and God will create it all new, a new heavens and a new earth. One day, no one will be tagged and frozen. But until that day, until that day, pray. Present your requests to God. Get to know God in a deepening relationship Get comfortable in the heavenly realms because, after all, when it's all said and done, the new heavens and the new earth will be your new home. So we might as well keep in step with the Spirit today so we'll learn how to walk there just fine. You know, there's only a couple of ways to win the game freeze tag. Either the person who's it tags everybody and everybody's frozen, or everybody who is not it they stay unstuck until time runs out. I know which one I'm cheering for you in this church family. I pray that you never get stuck. But if you do, or if I do, I'm cheering for all these teammates all around us to unfreeze us in the power of Christ so we can go running free, keeping in step with the Spirit until the day that time runs out. So keep praying, church. Keep praying. Keep presenting your requests to God. Keep walking closely with God. Keep dodging those things that freeze you and always keep your eyes out for those who are frozen to get them back in the game. Will you do that as ascended believers in Jesus? Are you ready? Get set. Go. Why don't we practice that together by praying the Lord's Prayer together? Would you say this with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.